Hello and welcome to Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Wazner. Over the weekend, there was a gym show, gym and mineral show, that was out in Danville, Indiana. And a friend and I went. There weren't as many vendors this year, but there were still lots of interesting gems, minerals, and rocks. I'm really fond of Ethiopian opals and have a cuff bracelet with five stones that I wear on a routine basis. And one of the vendors there had some absolutely gorgeous finished jewelry and strands of the opal in different carat weights available. Now, I'm not an impulse buyer, but I told the lady vendor that I would think about it as I as we wandered around the rest of the show. I did go back, and I purchased a lovely necklace, which I've been wearing every day. As a kid, I collected rocks, fossils, arrowheads, and the like. And when I'm out hiking, if I'm along a riverbed, my eyes are always glued to the ground to see if I can find something of interest. About five years ago, I did find a palm-sized fossil of a rolled-up fern, which I collected, cleaned up because it was covered in mud. So I've always had this fascination with the wonders of Mother Earth. And hopefully, you too can see the phenomenal, gorgeous beauty and wonders that are here on Mother Earth. While we were driving over to Danville, I noticed that the corn and soybean fields had not been harvested. And I thought that was quite strange because they're dry and brown and we haven't had any rain in 17 or 18 days. So it was sort of a mystery to me why the farmers hadn't gone out into the fields and done the harvesting. Within 24 hours, an article appeared that somewhat explained a possible answer. Because of the ongoing drought around the country, rivers are low. Here in Indiana, we're five inches below normal rainfall, and our rivers are very low. The article went on to say that the barges that transport many agricultural products are unable to navigate, and sections of the Mississippi River are closed to traffic because the water is too shallow. And where farmers have harvested, there are giant hills of harvested beans covered in tarps. Plus, we're going to have another 10 days or so of sunshine with no precipitation, so there's no real hurry to harvest, and hopefully they have space in silos in the area where they can store the harvest instead of leaving it on the ground. So I don't know how much coverage there is of the low water and no barge traffic is receiving, but barges transport a tremendous amount of product on a daily basis, and now those products are sitting still, which is a problem for many people. I was opening mail this morning that I received from over the weekend, and one of them informed me that the banks had changed on one of the store cards that I have, and I only have two store cards, so they were updating the terms of service. And now the interest rate is over 28% on balances. I, I, I'm laughing because I find it ludicrous, and so I will never be using that card again. But 28% interest rate on purchases 
is absolutely ridiculous, and these banks should be ashamed of themselves because that's not the true cost of doing business. At least from my perspective, it is greed, 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 and more greed. But hey, that's just me. Do you have people in your life that you can trust? I'm very fortunate. I have several friends that I can trust unequivocally with my thoughts, feelings, emotional emotions, and the things that go on in my life. From my experience, trust is, some, is something that is developed over time. It isn't something that happens with a stranger, though there are times when you can tell something to a stranger that you would never tell to anyone else. From my perspective, trust is having a firm belief and confidence in the integrity and genuineness of someone or something. But to develop trust, you have to take a risk. You have to open yourself up, and that can be scary. I trust most of the people most of the time, and that sometimes gets me into trouble because people will take advantage of my openness, but I've determined that for me that's all right because I can also learn about the other person, circumstance, situation, or institution, and make adjustments accordingly. For me, I learned that getting upset about someone violating my trust wasn't worth getting upset about. I learned something about that other person. So when you share information with another human being, it either stays private or it goes public. And if it goes public, it says more about the other person than it does about you. And you can now make an adjustment and know that you can't share that type of information with that individual or a friend or family member again. So trust is a learning experience. And I've spoken about it before, but I don't trust the government because they lie again and again and again, or they deceive or use propaganda. And many of my friends can also see the lies and stop listening, which I think is a mistake because you always want to be informed so that you can make good decisions using your discernment. It's the institutions of government and their leaders that I do not trust. And I think it's really sad that the government is in, this, is in the state that it is. When it comes to the medical establishment, which includes hospitals, doctors, pharmaceutical companies, and the like, I don't trust them, but it's mostly at an administrative level. I know many doctors and nurses who are fine people and truly want to help and be of service to others, but the medical system is broken and needs radical change where it gets back to serving the people. Big agriculture and big food isn't any better than big medicine, and I don't trust them either, but I use my intuition, gut feelings, and discernment, along with knowledge that I've attained over the years, with input from others who may have more information and knowledge than I, to make informed decisions about what information people institutions that are trustworthy and that I can trust. Words carry power. Words are powerful. Words like your thoughts can unite, unify, and lift, or they can break and tear down. As a child and a teenager, 
I always wanted the approval of my parents, both my mom and my dad. So whenever they said, hey, that was, you did a really good job, or that was excellent work, that made me very happy. But if they said, you could have done better, or that they were disappointed, then my confidence would dip. And I think it's that way with most individuals, most, with most people. So think about using words that unite and lift wherever you can. I know when I hear or see the words love, peace, joy, happiness, kindness, understanding, compassion, cooperation, collaboration, I feel good. I feel a higher vibrational tone, especially when contrasted with words that tear down or instill fear or make you afraid. And why I simply don't watch a lot of news, because it's geared to make you fearful and afraid. And I personally refuse to live my life being afraid all of the time. My neighborhood has community get-togethers that cover a wide range of topics, including crime. And at our last meeting, we had an officer come to give us tips on safety, precautions that we can take. And his comment was that the news makes it seem much worse than it really is, that there are pockets where crime shootings and muggings are highly problematic. But he said for the average person who has no connection to crime in any form, is 99.999% safe going about their business anywhere in the area. But in the two minutes of news that I might watch every day, that's not the impression that I get. So if you want to take some fear out of your life, Stop watching any of the news and understand the power that words have and how they can make you feel either good or bad, happy or sad, safe or afraid. Two or three years ago at my mom's home, and I was asking her how her day was, and she answered, well, when I was talking to the representative from the water company, I wasn't very happy and I wasn't very nice to them. And so I asked what the problem was. And so she explained. And then she looked at me and said, do you think I was wrong for how I handled it? And my response was, it's not the way I would have handled it, but what you did was okay. And she glared at me. So you think I was mean? And I said, Mom, I, w I don't think that. I think you were upset and let your emotions get the best of you. That the person that you were talking to wasn't responsible for the error and was trying to help you. She got up out of her chair and said, you think I'm a terrible person and walked away. She came back in the room a couple minutes later and I spent a couple, three minutes attempting to explain that I didn't think she was a terrible person and that I thought she was a very good person, but that I would have handled the situation differently. So my words, even though I tried to choose them very carefully, still made my mom feel bad. But of course, that was only because she thought she had overreacted. And then the way I stated my response confirmed her thoughts. Become aware of your words and the intent behind your words. Use words that empower, lift, and unite, that break and tear down. How you define yourself is important. You can look at basic 
characteristics, I'm a human being. After that, everything is up in the air from my point of view. When we look around the world and look at human beings, we see different sizes, different shapes, different colors, different hair types. But science is showing that 98% of our DNA is the same. From my perspective, we are all one. If 98% of me is in your DNA too, we are one. I know that some people, maybe most, I don't know, cringe when they hear that phrase, we are one. But at the DNA level, the science at this moment says that's a fact, which means we have so much more in common with each other than many people want to accept. What can make life interesting is the contrast. The contrast in life is how we know and determine whether we like hot or cold, or that you're hungry or that you're full. So science provides us with the fact, a biological truth, that 98% of our DNA is the same. There are going to be people who are going to reject that fact because it doesn't set with the thoughts or beliefs that they have. And that's a free will, free choice decision that each human being gets to make. First and foremost, I'm a human being. I don't define myself by what I do. I'm a reader. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. I'm a pet owner. I'm a hiker. I'm a daughter. I'm an aunt. I'm a friend. I'm a co-worker. I'm a niece. I'm a cousin. I've had failure. I've had success. I've been rejected. I've rejected. I've had accidents, been a victim of crime multiple times, so I've had lots of experiences, but there's no one thing that really defines me. All these experiences together make me who I am today. I wouldn't do away with with the negative experiences because they have influenced me. They have shaped me. I may not have liked them when they were going on. I couldn't stop or change them, and if given a choice... I wouldn't repeat them, but there was value there, and they did make an impact on who I am today. We all have some negative things in our past that we have to learn to deal with and make peace with the past and move on. I've learned from the negative experiences. Sometimes I've learned a lesson or learned about another person or situation, but how you define yourself is totally up to you. You are what you believe you are. I'm a human being. I learned very early on that I was not my job or what I did. I wasn't about the amount of money in my accounts. I'm a human being. Spirit having a human experience. One of the mystics I followed said human beings are baby angels having a human experience. I always like that. I'm a very simple person, but in some ways I'm complex like most of humanity. I want every human being to be happy, peaceful, calm, joyous, loving, and kind. But again, that's a free will, free choice decision that we each get to make. As we grow up, we say to ourselves things like, when I get older, I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to behave like that. And if you examine your friends and family, and particularly your family, you get to see patterns emerge and you can either follow that pattern or begin to take action and change that pattern for yourself. 
Both of my parents smoked, and when we would go on a trip for a vacation or to visit family, and particularly in the wintertime, smoke would fill the car, and I'm coughing and hacking in the back seat, and eventually one or both of my parents would roll their window down just, just a crack to let some of the smoke go out of the car. And I remember saying to myself, I am never going to smoke. Now, when I got into college, I tried smoking, and it was awful. I don't know how anybody likes smoking, how you get past the taste of the smoke. It didn't make any sense to me. And so at that point, I rejected smoking. And maybe your family isn't expressive, giving lots of hugs. So you get to make a different choice. Or maybe you think they give too many hugs and it's overdone and you want to reduce that as you get older. That's a choice you get to make. So think about how you define yourself. I'm a human being first. I want to go back and touch on the universal laws. And there are lots of them. The law of perpetual transmutation says that energy from a formless state is cont continually flowing and moving into the material world where it takes form. Your thoughts are energy, and thinking consciously about what you desire, dream, or set as a goal, or invention, or vision, transforms this energy into form. Inventions come as a result of thought. The train, the automobile, the light bulb, phones, space flight, and many other ideas came into existence as the result of thought and action. These inventions that have transformed life on Earth sometimes feel like they've just popped out of nowhere, when in reality, people around the world were bringing their dream, desire, or vision into form. The universal law of emotion says all your decisions and related actions are based totally on emotion. Humans do everything based on some kind of emotion, be it love, fear, hate, anger, desire, dream, or vision. The stronger the emotion, the larger the magnitude or intensity, then that thought will have a larger impact on your life. Emotions can be destructive or constructive, and you have the power to make that choice. Without emotion behind a thought, it has little power to impact your life for better or for worse. Emotion acts as the fuel to support your thoughts. It's vital to keep your thoughts on what you want and off the things that you don't want or that you fear. Another universal law that I want to talk about today is the law of accident, which says that having no plan is planning to fail or to let others rule your life. Don't have a plan, a goal, a dream, a desire, then your life will be dictated by those that do. So get a plan today. I think the human body is phenomenal. It's composed of a trillion cells. But what's even more amazing is the bacteria, yeast, and fungi on and in our body 
are there by a factor of 10 to our human DNA cells. So there are 10 trillion synergistic organisms in and on our body that have genetic information different from our own and which the innate intelligence of the immune system have designated as okay and safe. These organisms are helpful and important in in having a healthy functioning human body. The human body is made of 84 minerals. We've got eight gallons of water. The elements that we're made of, our bodies of com- are composed of things that are found on planet Earth and in the star systems. And if you look at plants and animals, we all have a lot of the same components and constituents and minerals, but they're combined in different ways. So we're not living on the Earth you're not living on the earth. You are earth. We're part of earth. I want to add to a list of ideas that I've gotten from the Tao, which can be found in most religions or philosophies from around the world. No encounter is insignificant. Respect every person. Do not avoid or seek encounters. Don't worry about getting credit. Do good work and move forward. Martial arts allow the aggressor, the attacker, the opportunity to fall down. Life is an opportunity. Do not seek a fight. If a conflict comes to you, step back. Being open is more potent than judgment. Life consists of life, growth, and death. I am no better or worse than the rest of the human race. No one race or people are better than humanity. Effective action requires silence and clear knowledge of self. Do not be possessive. Settle for good work and move on. Take care of yourself. Yield gracefully. Desire nothing and more comes. Make less of yourself and become more than you are. Creation is unity and allegiance to the whole. To be conscious, you know that classism, racism, sexism, and nationalism are a loss of unity. Birth, growth, and death are normal. Be grounded. This means you know where you stand and what you stand for in life. Well, that's the end of today's show. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you'll come back next week. Another broadcast of Infinite Possibilities Abound. I'm your host, Debbie Waisner. Have a phenomenal week, people.